Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Koro Vakauta. This week, the New Zealand teams head into the second leg of the OFC semis with an advantage. An Emerging Nations World Championships welcomed by Niue and Vanuatu. The Cooks prepare for the World Youth Netball Cup and the PNG Hunters search for consistency. But first, Fiji have won their third consecutive Hong Kong Sevens title and their first tournament of the current World Series. The Fijians dominated South Africa 22-0 in the final, helped by two tries from Kaleone Nasoko. Fiji have now won five of the last six tournaments in Hong Kong. Captain Osea Kolinisau acknowledged the successful history, but told World Rugby it didn't play a big part in their build-up. We weren't focusing on doing it three times. We said that uh, we're going to take it as if it's uh, we're setting for first title in the series. And uh, I'm glad the boys were up to par and everybody did their job. Kulini Sao says playing at the Hong Kong Sevens is a childhood dream for most Fijians, so winning the tournament is extra special. Hong Kong seems like a, a home away from home, and uh, we watch a lot of our idols play here. And it's always a dream of every young Fijian to one day wear the white jersey but wear it in Hong Kong. Fiji's leapfrogged England on the World Series ladder now, with the Blitzbockers still leading the standings on 145 points, followed by Fiji on 122 and England on 113. Samoa lost in the semi-finals of the Shield competition to Wales 26-12, meaning the Samoans' only win of the Hong Kong tournament was a 22-12 victory over South Korea in pool play. The Samoans lie in 13th place on the series table. Singapore hosts the next tournament in the World Series this weekend. The series qualifiers were also held in Hong Kong with Spain overcoming Germany in the final 12-7, meaning they'll be a series core team next season. Papua New Guinea had lost in the semi-finals to the victorious Spaniards, while Tonga didn't make it out of their pool, falling to both Germany and Uganda. Auckland City FC are not taking anything for granted despite holding a two-goal advantage in the OFC Champions League football semi-final with AS Tefana. Auckland City defeated Tefana 2-0 in Tahiti last weekend, meaning they're in the box seat as they attempt to make their seventh consecutive final appearance. Their coach, Ramon Turbuliex, told OFC TV there's no chance of Auckland City being complacent. I understand that in football you, you can never say it's done until the referee blows a whistle. There's another 90 minutes to be played. Played at home, obviously, but anything can happen, you know. So uh, we need to make sure that we respect Again, there's another 90 minutes we played and uh, nothing's done. Ramon Trubuliex. Team Wellington host A.S. Magenta in the other semi-final, having the advantage of two away goals in their back pocket after drawing in New Caledonia last weekend. The Rugby League Emerging Nations World Championship is being revived next year after a nearly 18-year absence. It's been confirmed that the November 2018 event will be held in Western Sydney over two weeks. The event will feature Tier 2 and Tier 3 nations from around the world, with Niue and Vanuatu among the confirmed nations, 
alongside Canada, Greece, Hong Kong, Hungary, Latvia, Malta, the Philippines and Thailand. The Rugby League International Confederation chairman Nigel Wood says the championship will feature more global teams than any previous rugby league competition. The RLIF is contributing 100,000 Australian dollars to the running of the event. The Emerging Nations World Cup's been held twice previously, most recently in the United Kingdom in 2000. Newair didn't take part in either of those tournaments, but their coach Brendan Perinara says the 2018 edition will provide a huge boost to their fortunes. Oh, it means a lot. Like um, the heritage players that we've got here, based in Australia and also New Zealand. I think there's a few around in, in, internationally. So yeah, it'll be a big boost for all of us back on our, our little island from Newe, especially getting some players from the Rock itself. In terms of the types of opposition, you know, we've heard I've, we've spoken to Vanuatu, but we know that there are other teams like uh, the likes of Greece and. Hungary, Malta, the Philippines that are that are possibly going to be there. What do you know about the types of opposition that'll be there, and and how does New Air stack up against some of those teams? I'm not too sure about the the other outfits, but um, I just know that a lot of them, like Greece or Philippines, are pretty much based as uh, us based in Australia, but they do have domestic comps uh, running at home at their homes. So um, yeah, it'll be a hard one. We actually um, started our international games against. Uh, Vanuatu and yeah they gave us a good game over there they we lost to them over there so that'll be a hard one to look out for you know it's always hard to find opposition and to travel for some of the uh, Pacific teams so it must be good to have that chance to play all in one location in a number of games for sure especially on the world rankings um, it'll be counted for the points uh, system will be um, will be a big factor in this one so we don't have to move around and spend a lot of money to go and find these test matches yeah it'll be all in one one backyard in Sydney. How about finding players? Do you think being involved in this World Championship might uh, reveal or you might be able to find um, some more uh, New Am players come out of the woodwork uh, now that there's this carrot? The calibre of this um, tournament, yeah, would bring out uh, a lot of um, players, would reveal, like, um, yeah, a few players playing, probably playing in the NRL that we don't even know of. So that's what we're trying to set up, a database between us, Auckland, New Air Rugby League, is... Um, Playing a big factor in it too. Uh, they're more much uh, set up at, in Auckland for the New Zealand New Orleans over there, and we're over here like um, gathering uh, what we've got over here. Where does uh, New Air sit in terms of rankings at the moment, and how will that uh, be impacted? Yeah, we're, we're ranked at 32, I think, like now, but we've got to keep on playing international games to stay in there. So with this Emerging um, Nations Cup coming up, um, it's going to probably help us out a lot. That's New Air Rugby League coach Brendan Perinara. Vanuatu was one of the driving forces behind the revival of the Emerging Nations Championship. Vanuatu Rugby League manager and board member Ben Howard told me what it meant to them. From our perspective, it's it's fantastic. Obviously, uh, being in the Pacific where costs are quite high in terms of travel um, only enables us to play one or maybe two test matches a year. Uh, but this will give us, obviously, something to aim for um, for our players to strive towards, but also be able to play multiple test matches uh, within a short period of time. What's the state of uh, the game in Vanuatu at the moment? I know, speaking to various uh, islands and various sports, really, uh, often uh, the island nations struggle for fixtures and for international competition. What's it like in Vanuatu? Yeah, we've been we've really made a, I guess a a pledge um, to try and play as many games in Vanuatu as possible. 
Um, we've played five test matches to date and four of those have been in Vanuatu. Um, so we've been really lucky to be able to attract teams over the Vanuatu. Um, but obviously these are very costly exercise. It'd be cheaper to play games in our, in our matches in Australia. Um, but we think the investment to play the game in Vanuatu and actually promote the game in Vanuatu um, is going to, I guess, deliver long-term benefits to the Vanuatu Rugby League. And what we're really trying to achieve is to promote the game in Vanuatu. Some of the nations that have been talked about in terms of this Emerging Nations Championship, the lights of uh, Canada, Greece, who you've already played, Hong Kong, Hungary, um, even uh, Pacific Neighbours, Newair, who've had um, recent success over the likes of South Africa. Um, where did, does Vanuatu sit in terms of competitiveness, in terms of competition, when you when you look at those types of teams? I definitely think we can we can be competitive with those teams. A lot of those other teams use predominantly Australian or overseas-based players. Where in our last Test match, uh, we had eighty to ninety percent of our players from Vanuatu in the local competition. So it's always going to be difficult for us to compete against the likes of players playing in the. Queensland Cup, the NRL and the New South Wales Cup. Um, but our players just get better and better every year and um, you wouldn't even know that they're from a local league when they're playing these international fixtures. So we're definitely going there with a mind to win as many games as possible and really really challenge at the, the back end of the tournament. The Samujing Nations tournament fell away in the past. Do you, is there a hope that this can be a regular occurrence? Yeah, definitely. One of one of the things that the nations have talked about is making this tournament a success, so that when the next World Cup rolls around in 2021 in in England, um, that it will definitely be on the cards to be played. They play a number of different World Cups. There's obviously the men, the women. They also have a students and universities. They have an armed forces. So we'd really like to see an emerging nations be played at every World Cup moving forward. I mean, if you look at the first emerging nations World Cup. Cook Islands won it. I think Ireland might have come second. And obviously Cooks have gone on to play in World Cup subsequently. And so have Ireland. So it's really a stepping stone for these nations. Sure, something to aspire to or for. And something else to aspire to, of course, is, is the, the top in terms of competitions as far as rugby league goes, the NRL. Um, you know, we've seen nations like Fiji and Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Tonga, uh, just be factories for players, first graders in that competition. Are we far from Vanuatu being in a similar position? I think we're probably, to be honest, probably a generation away um, from having a player born and bred in Vanuatu entering into the NRL. But there's definitely the talent there, um, but just that transition period of embedding rugby league, having a, a junior competition, having kids play from a young age, and then getting, I guess, talent scouted into... NRL programs. I think in the next few years, definitely New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup is a realistic possibility, but we're probably looking at that that 10-year mark um, minimum for a player to come through the ranks and, and play in the NRL. Vanuatu Rugby League's Ben Howard. The Cook Islands have named their squad for July's Netball World Youth Cup in Botswana. The under-21 side has had two camps, resulting in a squad of 12 players being named for the event. 15-year-old Damsel Rongorkia is the only locally-based player on the team, with the remainder playing in Australia and New Zealand. Coach John Glassy says the squad is a classic mix of youth and experience. It's a younger, younger-based team. Um, we do have a couple of the, the players in there who are in the Open team and who 
played some internationals there. So there is a little bit of experience in there with the young players. You know, I, I think their strength is, is their their passion. So, um, you know, they were able to, to fight through and, and finish second at uh, qualifiers. And, and it really showed that um, mentally they're strong and, and they're able to cope with that pressure. And in terms of pressure, of course, it doesn't get bigger than a, than a World Cup in Botswana. Uh, what do you know about your opponents for pool play, for group play? We've got Jamaica, who we expect are going to be tall and strong, quite physical and skilled. We've got Malaysia, who are, who are also skilled. Um, I've had a look at their shooters, and, and they're very accurate. So we expect that you know if they get the ball down to that end, that they'll put the shots in. Botswana, of course, are going to be passionate, being a home World Youth Cup. So... We expect them to come out with a lot of passion and quite physical, determined to come through. Uh, they've got a, a tall shooter, but they're quite fit and uh, agile. So we expect a, a, a quick game versus them. Uganda, uh, of course, are, are very similar. I think uh, during the African qualifiers, Uganda um, beat Botswana. Uh, so we expect uh, Uganda to be quite strong as well. So... Um, we're looking forward to it, and uh, I, I think the main thing is that the teams we're going to play against are going to be fit, fast, and uh, quite physical. Yeah, that does sound like quite a challenging group. How do you prepare? Is it uh, getting that fitness base up, or is it getting some you know behind-the-scenes competitive games? How do you prepare for such a group? Because we don't get together very often, they do a home-based program, and, and it's predominantly working on their fitness and their strength to be able to handle such a long tournament. You know, the girls are already playing netball in their own countries, so if we can get them up to their physical standard where we can compete for a whole 15-minute quarter and then work through the game, then um, certainly they'll be ready for it. You mentioned that you've had to, well, over the process of qualifying, you had to call in various players because of loss of uh, members due to injury, but I also understand that, and this is a continuing um, issue for sports all over the islands that you've had to deal with um, players also maybe qualifying for Australia, New Zealand. How how do you deal with that? Is that does this show that it's really important to perform at this level to to give players something to aim for? Certainly. Look, um, the pathways through Australia and New Zealand are established. Um, at the end of the rainbow is a uh, professional netball career. As a child, I guess a lot of players who are growing up in these areas see the silver ferns or see the diamonds and, and aspire to play uh, for one of those teams. Um, certainly with the Pacific Islands, uh, silver ferns is, is, a, uh, you know, is a large carrot for them to want to go for. Um, New Zealand often visit the islands and uh, look for the top athlete to um, go through the, the school system, you know, offer them scholarships, which is great for their education, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, they, they're in New Zealand, they start getting into the pathways and it makes it very hard for us. We certainly want to be successful and uh, finishing second in Oceania has shown a lot of players and, and uh, just reinforced to our nation that we, we can still be competitive after losing so many players to these pathways. But um, heading to the World Cup, if we can, you know, uh, achieve our goals, and um, certainly it'll be something for future generations to be a part of. And, and so, obviously, it's it's been great to qualify, and, and it'll be good for Cook Islands netball to get to this tournament and play against these, um, you know, international teams. How important is it to be competitive and, and possibly get some wins as well? We're going there to, to win games. We, you know, we're not going there to make up numbers. 
we feel that we've got a, a, a strong athlete base. You know, Cook Island Netball, 10 years ago, we ranked seventh in the world. So we, we're hoping to develop something for us to get back up to that top 10 world stage. And so this, for us, is the stepping stone to get in there. That's the Cook Islands under-21 netball coach, John Glassy. The Papua New Guinea Hunters coach says there's no need to panic despite his side dropping a second Queensland Cup Rugby League match in a month. The Hunters were convincingly beaten 38-14 by the Sunshine Coast Falcons over the weekend. The loss came two weeks after a home defeat at the hands of the North's Devils by a similar scoreline. Michael Maram says he's disappointed by the last month's play, but there's still a chance to turn things around. You drop back down to a seventh spot. That's just one spot out of the top six. But, you know, we, we can bounce back uh, this week and, and work on our game again and make sure we just we do all the simple things right and get our defense right again. I think we, there's a lot of games we still have to play. However, Maram, who also coaches the PNG national team, concedes it will take a lot of hard work and focus to get their campaign back on track. He says the team has struggled with niggling injuries and consistency over the past month. A lot of the players are not consistent with their performances. So, uh, one good game they play, one good week, and then back, back up with a uh, bad game again after. So that's one big, big thing that's affecting our performance. They are funny rounds, but you know, inconsistent with their performances. The Papua New Guinea Hunters coach, Michael Maram. And that's the World in Sport from RNZ International. I'm Koro Baka Uta. Mode Mandar.